This is Old Black Magic in the Millennial. I'm Brian Babylon, Old Black Magic. I'm Molly Adams. I'm a millennial. Molly, who runs the world? White women. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, queen. We are going to be talking about my people, white women. We're going to be talking about our power in politics, our power in buying, our power in the bedroom. Oh, wow. Consumerism. Yeah, consumerism. We're going to get deep. And of course, we'll talk about the ultimate white woman who's actually black, Rachel Delazaro. <laughs> Yeah, we have a great guest on this show, comedian Janelle James. And I'll be giving out some great dating advice. Yeah, Brian, you give some of the best dating advice I have ever heard. Speaking from experience. Yep. Let's get to the show. So, Molly, this is my feeling. I feel, you know, even when I saw the Women's March with all those pink hats that was clearly for a white woman, because for some reason, people think that black women or brown women don't have pink hues in their vagina. Well, they weren't literally supposed to be vaginal hats. Oh, but people just went there? Well, yeah, I think people just, I mean, it is called a (laughs) pussy hat. But I, I read an interview with like the woman who designed it and she's like, yeah, like obviously you're supposed to infer that, but it's supposed to be off of a cat and pink is girly. Okay. Well, see, I just went off of like, you know, the JJ hats, women power. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. And a lot of other people did too. So a lot of people feel that women are getting just, you know, ever since Hillary lost the election, you know, I've getting this, I'm getting this feeling online and in the media that white women have it so bad. And I'm saying, no, you don't. You run the world. You've run the world since I was a youth back in, you know, Queen Elizabeth's times in the 1800s. <laughs> You've been doing OK. Uh, yeah, I agree. White women are generally doing OK, you know, with the caveat here that like poverty affects everybody. Yeah, of course. But <laughs> yeah. poverty, poverty affects other women. And I will say it affects white women last. Yeah. You know, it's like I think of how much I hate that women for women feminism, which is sort of like a hallmark of white feminism. Mm -hmm. Like, well, you just have to, like, support it and love it because it's a woman. No, I don't. Like, that's how Marine Le Pen came that close to winning the French election, though she lost by a lot. And Marine Le Pen is the Frenchie Donald Trump. Yeah, and I think why you kind of get into that bind with Hillary Clinton, like, believe me, sexism played a role in her losing the election, amongst many other things. Her being horrible. But, you know, it's sort of like, you know, Hillary Clinton still promotes policies that are bad for women. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, white, white women be winning. And we've always been in a pretty protected class in society. Like when something bad happens to a white woman, a a white woman, everybody knows about it. That's funny. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I thought that that would get a laugh if it were funny. (laughs) No, that's kind of a long pause. Something bad happened to me. I'm writing a Yelp review, and then there's going to be news coverage, and then there's going to be a follow up story, and then it's going to turn out I'm lying. (laughs) Yeah, it's not all about you, sweetie. I'm down. <laughs> oh, man, so funny, so funny. 
But then there's like, you know, the thing is, is that that sells, right? You've got like Taylor Swift. You have Lena Dunham. Yeah. You have a lot of other people I could call out. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like that, that sells and white women are like the worst. I mean, so much of the world is made for white people and sometimes white women. Wow. Women have it hard. We need to look at how much of the world is made for us. And, and isn't, you know, in America, it's more, I would think more white women than anybody. There's a very large block. And when you're, when you're a big company or advertiser, you kind of make your product for that large demographic has nothing to do with race. It is all about business. My argument against that would just be there's a lot of obese white women out there and nobody's making nice clothes for them. Well, no one wants to see all that. (laughs) Okay, good response. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. We're going to talk about these two commercials. Brian, you are going to break them down so thoroughly uh, in this segment. But if people want to watch them, they're on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash O-B-M-A-T-M. And one is for Subaru involving... A redhead, a ginger princess, uh, and a train. And the <laughs> other one is for Expedia, the travel site, also with a ginger princess and a train. And it's and I break it down with like a Ivy League professor advertising course caliber of critique. We'll give you a little musical interlude here. You can pull those up. You can pause us. Or you can just keep listening because Brian is going to explain every single detail of this commercial. of our podcast old black magic and the millennial is dedicated to white women this is a white woman episode Uh, all the nuances and all the uh things that make white women um not like black girl magic but magical in their own disney kind of way so i saw i saw the i saw these i saw these two commercials one commercials for a uh, expedia travel site and then the other commercial is for subaru and I was talking to Molly. I'm like, dude, whoever made these two ads is going deep into the psyche of a particular type of white woman. They ain't talking to this. They're not going after a mama June or, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, they're going after this uh, liberal arts college, liberal disposable income, disposable income, white chick. And I feel they nailed it on each one. So what, what what was your take when you saw those those commercials? The Subaru one. Let's start with the Subaru one. She wants to be a hobo on the train. <laughs> that commercial is like pretty egregious. <laughs> <laughs> that commercial uh, kind of blew my mind, Brian. When you first described it to me, I was like, "There's that's not real." There's you you're yeah. like you were misremembering what you saw. It's weird for a Subaru commercial too, because it's almost like she's looking. She's she wants to be a hobo on that train more than she wants to ride in the Subaru. So I just, <laughs> from an advertiser standpoint, it was weird, first of all. <laughs> I was also wondering if maybe maybe that's like actually where they met and now they're in their Subaru in a better future. 
moving on up type of type of deal. No, but to to me, what I saw was it was sort of like you know you can have it all type of you know leaning. You can have it all. Yeah, but what's funny about it is the all also includes being a hobo on the train. <laughs> well, I'm gonna tell you, Janelle. I'm gonna tell you my my thought behind that was. uh white girl this this type of white girl has so much privilege where she can hop in and out of hobo life and it's okay she can go be a hobo a boxcar hobo not even a a futuristic 2017 hobo this is this is like an old-timey peach picking grapes of wrath depression era hobo that she wants to be and (laughs) with the stick and the the cloth tied to it mm -hmm. bugs bunny hobo yep old-timey bugs bunny hobo but she had all the things that would complete her in society. So she had a man. She had, she was married. She had a dog and she had a Subaru and she was healthy enough to ride bikes with her hubby or her man. I feel like that type of white chick is just the one that they're appealing to is just that they, they do have it all. And so, and it's come to them so easily that they're like looking for hardship <laughs> to feel alive and shit. Like, maybe if I was poor, I could feel something. (laughs) Molly, what do you think about that? Because that's your demographic. Yeah, those people are real. But do you think that that commercial only appeals to white women? Because I also think that that's a commercial for white men. Is it for anybody but white people or rich people? I feel like it's it's appealing to bland people, which is who advertising works on. So if you're bland and and you feel like you need an adventure and you need a, and a you need a car commercial to tell you what it, what kind of adventure you might like, then yeah, that's what it's appealing to. So, but Molly, to your point, I think, do you think it was appealing to men too? Yes. It was appealing to that sort of not alpha NFL Sunday macho white guy. It's appealing to the one, the type of white guy that I always pick on, on this podcast, your beta white male that's ruining America who is into chicks like that. Some guys. Are you saying? Are you saying Clay Matthews doesn't fantasize about being a hobo ever? No, Clay <laughs> Matthews would never drive a Subaru. Clay Matthews would never even maybe even be into a chick. and like Foster. That. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I wonder, I'm wondering. Do I need to watch it again? Because was the guy also on the on the train? Yes, he walked oh, out yeah, of the he... shadows with the dog. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because. It was it was a it was a brilliant build up, Janelle, where she's in the Subaru dreaming about how her life could be better. She sees this this boxcar train. She imagines herself on that train. She's liking it. And then she's like, mm, I could have more. Who pops into the frame? Her dog. Then it's more Subaru. And then it could be a little bit better. Mm, I got my man on this boxcar. I got a man and. It, it sort of subliminally shows you that she's married because she has a wedding band on. So they're like married, which is, you know, I know a lot of, you know, women of this age feel that they don't need to be married to have a man. But secretly, that is their main goal. Thanks for doing such a close read on this commercial, Brian. Oh, yeah, it, it was it was deep. Yeah, he has a he has a wedding ring on, too. Yeah, he has a, he has a wedding ring on too. So they're like a couple, and then they're gonna end up doing what white girls like. Wait, are they married in the car? Bikes. Are they married in the train car or not? They're married yeah. in the train. Yeah. yeah. See, as a Jewish person, that makes me also very uncomfortable. 
he does have that beta male swoosh haircut too. <laughs> see, I didn't see all of that when I first watched it. I just watched it again. He does have that mopey fucking, you know. Yeah, he's he's not he's not your he's not your macho all American white bro. He's kind of a he's an infinite jest kind of white guy. Right. So bland people. So who who does that Expedia commercial or those Expedia spots appeal to? Redheads, obviously. For white people, redhead is a way for for white people to express exoticism without going all the way to another another race. Because yes. supposedly redheads are like outcasts and it's supposed to be people. So I guess she's a redhead in these foreign lands, but it's okay because she's also different in her own way. <laughs> Well, here's here's my take on it, guys. And and if you notice, both girls were of the ginger persuasion, which the is the girl in the Subaru rat is ginger too. If you can't access both, this commercial for some reason, they're both gingers. And I feel the reason they 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 pulled them out because in my mind, ginger girls are sort of like the blacks of the whites. I mean, if, if it was a blonde, a pretty blonde, that's just too much. If it was a pretty brunette, that was too much. A ginger is more accessible to like, oh, my God, I could see myself in her because she's not all that. It's less threatening. Does a ginger does. But here's a question. Do the Expedia ads also just appeal to bland people? Do you think, Janelle? To bland? Well, it's, yeah, it's for people who, who need. They're looking for some type of direction, like an eat, pray, love type of God. These people have like. A live, love, laugh sign in their house, you know, <laughs> and they and they, you know, do the summer in Ghana or some shit with all the pictures with black kids. Those kind of people. That's who it's appealing to. If you're a white girl, do not take, ha, do not have one of your profile pictures of the time you were in the Peace Corps in a third world country. We see, we see so much of that. It's sort of like how guys have fishes. In there, or cars, or shirts off in the bathroom. It's so many white girls who take pictures with like poor third world country people, as if I'm a good person, and that's in their dating. Well, I feel like that was that's usually a signal to say, "Hey, I fuck black dudes." Oh yeah, clear. (laughs) I don't know why you wouldn't put that in there if that's what you're looking for. Is that wrong? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's a sneaky way to be like, "Hey, I'm 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 okay with black dick." That's all. That's all it is. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, one of one of the things that we can say about white women is that we like to feel exotic, too. And I think that's also like people that that photo is great because it makes you stand out. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm different than everyone else. Mm -hmm. Look at me amongst your kind. I'm not afraid. (laughs) I'm not afraid of adventure. Yes. (laughs) I dye my hair red sometimes. So let me let me ask you guys something about this Expedia ad, because technically this Expedia ad was more ridiculous than the Subaru ad, in in my opinion. <laughs> technically, 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 it was more because ridiculous. I, I, and let me break down everything. First of all, it starts off with that redhead girl kind of in her youth talking to some exotic ass um, man who could be a Sherpa could be from Nepal or whatever, but he's speaking in some type of Harry Potter British accent. Yeah. If you notice that. Colonialized uh, Indian dude. So she's going through her life and you see her doing many different things. You see her kissing an Asian dude. 
You see her protesting. She's not doing a Black Lives Matter protester, which is so basic. She's in another country protesting <laughs> in Spanish. Do you see that? She outsourced her protesting where she's protesting in like South America. That's how deep her shit is, right? And then she's in the backseat of the car and she's like half serious, like, oh my God, war is horrible, but ugh, I might fuck this soldier. I don't, I didn't get that from that. I thought that was fear. Like he had a gun and she was scared. But you didn't, you didn't get that. You didn't get that, that look she gave him. I, well, I, I see that look a lot. And that was a, mm, I like that. <laughs> you see that look a lot, Brian? I see that look a lot. <laughs> and then it comes full circle where, she is doing the ultimate goody two shoe white thing where she's the one now helping a little brown boy on the train who's going to be a doctor, be a better person. And then the Expedia slogan is travel better. Motherfucker, what? <laughs> well, this commercial is for allies. No, this, this is not for no basic motherfuckers going to Cabo or Vegas. Yeah. This is for yeah. this is for that person who wants to disappear for six months <laughs> to find themselves. Right. Who has a disposable income to disappear for six months? Who has enough, a trust fund baby or something where she can just, and Hey, you life. might never leave. You might stay there and still be there as an old woman. Thank you. <laughs> to help a person on the train. So that's what they're saying. Like go find yourself and you may never leave. You might, she found herself over there and now, you know, She's an so, old woman on the train full, full of wisdom and shit. Let me ask you this, uh, Janelle and, and Molly, maybe I'm, and help me out here. Do you think this type of white woman that they're pitching to, because we always say this is sort of a targeted marketing campaign. It's not to maybe your average state college or main street America white girl. This is for a certain type of. I would, lo- I would like to find, love to find out if those ads even show on TV. They probably are only internet based during and in, in, in certain def, you know in specific oh, types I, of markets I saw both of those ads on TV and had to go to YouTube and find and find them well it'd be interesting this. to know what programs they play during you know what I mean yeah, yeah. That, that tells you who they're, they're, they're marketing into is when it when it comes on <laughs> well I know one was like Walking Dead I think the Expedia one was like Walking Dead I would see that during like the Walking Dead I love the little Indian boy that runs out and, 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 and waves her at the end. <laughs> They're friends. They do that for every fucking, uh, every fucking travel ad. There's always some kids that's so sad to see the white person leave <laughs> town. <laughs> they do that for Jamaica. They do that for like cruise ship uh, commercials. There's always some kid like, Hi, man. <laughs> <laughs> you all, you're the only one who show, ever showed me love in my life. <laughs> My friend, my new best friend. Man, I feel like Rachel Dolezal. There's no easy way to get into talking about her. Okay. I'm just going to have to jump right into it. I think Rachel Dolezal is like that ultimate type of white lady culture vulture. And if, if people don't know who Rachel Dolezal is, who, how can you describe her in a quick one or two sentences? She's that white lady who passed herself off as black 
for years and was like the head of her local NAACP chapter and a professor of African-American studies, despite not having a degree in African-American studies at the local university, all in Spokane, Washington. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And then she was like outed on the local news and then she became a national story. So Google her if you need to. But I feel like she's like that to me is the ultimate example of a white woman being like, I love this so much. And now I can just like take it and make it mine and like fade right into it. And she just and did it unapologetically and defended herself on it. Yes. And she she is stuck with it forever. She that's it. She's black. She identifies as black, ha- has a black baby and named him some elaborate black Langston. Name. She named him Langston. Langston. And then she now like goes by Nkechi. What is she? What is? I didn't know that. What does she go by? She she now goes by like a Nigerian name. She like made an announcement right before her book came out that she goes by Nkechi. Oh my god, I love her so much. (laughs) 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 I mean, it's it's the comedian in me who just like man, that's so hilarious <laughs> okay well you know what that's true it's true because <laughs> she's okay. pretty infuriating to me but you're right it's also hilarious so a lot a lot of black guys have gotten you know on online have gotten uh berated because they've a lot of people i say that in a Russ Limbaugh voice say that all oh, black guys are just defending some white bitch who's doing some whack shit so we brought our good friend janelle james comedian janelle james in to talk about this so janelle that the type of you know white one we're talking about in this particular ad is a you know sort of niche she's protesting she's educated uh she wants to make a world a better place do you think rachel dolajar was this type of white woman that just went out of control I think Rachel Dozal is mentally ill. So that negates any of her motivations for me. But. <laughs> okay. Or what, what, what? I'm not, you have no medical, perf- you know, you're not. Well, no. What, yeah. What would you get? What would you give her out of a, what? Schizophrenia or what? No, she probably, she obviously has some kind of personality disorder. Yeah. And, and um, a black one. Yeah. So. That's why she's upsetting. Not what not what she's doing, but that people are talking to her like she's sane. She's not. <laughs> that's like interviewing the dude that screams on your block. So you you're just putting her in like, oh, you're insane, boo boo. Yeah, she's not, and she's an example of how white people get over in that they're treating her like she's serious. If this was a black woman, that's like I'm white. Nobody, everybody would be like, get the fuck out of here. But everybody's treating this woman as if it's the same thing to say and be, <laughs> and like having her explain herself. She's not. Yeah, but let me just say this, and I'm not, and I, and I hate when people say niggas always trying to give Rachel Dolezal a pass. I'm not. I'm just trying to like have a dis- family discussion to make America better. Do you think in the future, when you know people say, "Oh, I remember a time where if someone was a man trapped in a woman's body, they come were on, man, crazy. no." Do you think at some point in time someone will be like, "You know what? Be whatever you want." I remember Rachel was a pioneer in race transcending. Nah. Nah? No. Race and gender are two really separate things, and especially since she's trying to be 
a specific type of black. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like her, her whole thing is you're black by what, you know, what makes you black is not what you read and do and how you look, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't understand. Like she's doing a specific type of blackness that has nothing really to do with being black at all. That would be like, if it's like saying somebody's speaking white, a black dude is speaking white. Does that make that person white now? Because they say they are. No, I, and, and I and I I understand what you're saying, but I think that it's this video that I showed Molly, where a friend of mine who used to date this guy, and she's not black. She's admittedly not black, but people think she's black because she's half Sikh Indian and half white. So you know, people think, oh, you just must be light skinned, but she's not. So she was dating this guy, and the guy dumped her because he said she wasn't black enough, and she's like, okay, cool come to find out this nigga got engaged to Rachel Dolezal like a year later. But this this is before the whole thing came out and he made a music video for her talking about how much he loved her. Do you think some of those black people could be blamed for this, for letting, I mean, if you get elected to be the NAACP president, you're hanging around with all these black people. Why no black people say nothing? Why did it take a white journalist to 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 do that? That's why I don't fuck with her because you can be the the president of NWSB. You can help black causes. You can fucking be very interested in black culture without trying to say that you're black. She's fucking nuts. And Brian, <laughs> I like how on an episode about white women, you end up talking about like what but how he ends up talking about how we can blame black people for what white people are doing. Yes, Brian's fucked up. No, 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 no. That's I why. Said, I said, I said this. I said to Molly, I was like, Molly, just like uh, that character in Legend, the movie with Tim Curry and uh, Tom Cruise, he said, what is light without darkness? And I feel, hear me out, I feel a lot of the privilege and a lot of the way white women feel about themselves in America has a lot to do with how their interaction is with other females of other races so back in the old days it used to be like black women who take care of white families now it's latina women who take care of white families and that relationship is now kind of weird i think you have to talk about both of them to see where the starting but i don't understand your example what they got to do anything wait yeah what (laughs) because i'm saying like white women just don't act that way by themselves. Yeah, they they start they made their own legend and then we were brainwashed to believe it and that's and then they continued it. It has nothing to do with us. We didn't see white people and were like, Oh, they're better. They told us they were better and treated us like shit. So (laughs) so I don't understand how we're to blame for how white people see themselves. They they made their own narrative. And I'm not saying we're to blame. I'm just saying like I think, Brian, Brian, that like, sure, people who didn't call Rachel Dolezal out in her life for being white, like you she's she wasn't acting in good faith. Like like Janelle said, she's not right in there's she's weird. (laughs) Nuts. A fucking loon. You know, you, you figure somebody would be telling the truth about that. And yeah, I I would never think to be like, oh, this this had she ever even said that like out loud before she got caught. You know what I mean? I don't think the whole, all this fucking with the name change and all this other shit has came out after she was exposed by whoever the fuck that is that I want to kill now. Cause I wish I'd never even fucking heard of this for us. 
Well, because she's like, <laughs> she is fake news. Like, then I think it's a function of white media, right? That's yeah. like, ooh, yeah. she's so like interesting. Maybe right. what That's she's what saying, saying is real. Of like a fucking nutcase and a, and a sob story. They're making it like, this is something that should really be considered. Like, get the fuck out of here. Just why, <laughs> why is that even being covered? So, like, I, I think for the people who know her, like, they're victims yeah. of of her. Yeah. Stop defending Rachel Dolezal, Brian. Come on. I'm not I'm not defending her. I just I That's just the function of black men in, in society right now is to to defend white women. So he's doing his Oh, here you go. That's another episode. <laughs> but I swear here you go. I swear here you go. Here you go. You so funny to me with that. So congrats, okay. Brian, on doing that so well. Well, Janelle James, thank you so much. You still on, uh, you, <laughs> Thanks for having me. You still on tour with Chris Rock? I'm not back with him until, I believe, July, which is very depressing because I didn't even notice you two months ago. And so I miss him. No, no I'm joking. <laughs> Are you doing a show next week? Oh, I'm doing Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me on the 18th. Ooh. Next week. And then I'll be at uh, the Laugh Factory in Chicago Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday. Right. Then I'll be in... Uh, D.C. doing a big hunt on the 26th and 27th. And then I'll be at the Limestone Comedy Festival in Bloomington, Indiana, uh, June 1st through 3rd. Thanks for joining us, Janelle. Thank you. No problem. Janelle James, everybody, follow her. She's the queen of comedy. Yep. So last thing on this podcast, uh about white women i wanted to get another white woman voice on the air yeah and since since people might be thinking we're bashing on white women i felt it was my duty to do something nice for a white lady (laughs) of course you did of course you did mm -hmm, i'm always (laughs) catering to the whitey is to give a white woman in distress in dating distress some dating advice from a wise old black man myself Brian, I would say that as my older black friend, black friend, you, of my many older black friends, (laughs) my oldest black friend, you uh, give the best dating advice of anybody I know. Well, thank you, because I keep it real, and I put you people in situations to win. That's what I do. Say what you will about Brian Babylon and say what you will about whether he takes his own advice or not. Yeah, I'll get you in the game and I'll get you to win whatever you want. I'll make you happen. So I thought we would do something nice for one of my peers, a fellow white woman. So, Justine, you want to you want to introduce yourself at all? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I, I need to get in the game to win. Um, I am just moved up to Portland, Maine, where I met Molly. Um, and yeah, I work in radio and I just broke up with somebody who I've been with for 10 years, um, which I know, um, which like since I was a teen, so I'm, I'm a real, I'm a real noob. Um, and I need to learn like how to like pick people up, like in real life, online, in general, <laughs> I'm I'm t- I'm a total novice, and I feel um I'm I'm a, I'm a white woman venturing into the world of dating. So one of the things that I was thinking of um was 
what what are your goals here in this situation? That is a great question. Um, I still feel pretty like emotionally like unavailable in this whole newly dating situation. So I think it's mostly just to like feel okay. But I just I want to like kiss some people and and maybe more. Um, so. <laughs> well, let me just say one thing first. Don't come at it saying what you're not looking for or what you're not going to do. So if you if you bump into somebody and you look up and two weeks later you guys are like in a real thing, that's what the fuck happened. You you'll get emotionally available with somebody who is not whack. But to shut that down, I feel is going against winning. Yeah. Do you agree I, with that? I would say, yeah. I mean, not having expectations is a good philosophy for life. Because that way, you're ready and open for anything that can happen in general. So, yeah. How zen of you, Brian Babylon? Oh, I got more zen coming. Zing and zings. So what I am afraid of, my fear in entering this, is that I will go in and like have like a rebound situation where I get like too into it too fast. Because I like, I'm afraid. This is like getting like a therapy <laughs> session here. You gotta protect yourself. You gotta protect <laughs> yeah, yourself. Yeah, I'm worried. I gotta protect myself here. I'm like worried about feeling feeling burned um, here immediately. That that's what I don't need. So, but. are you asking like, how can I not feel feelings <laughs> around something that I've previously felt a lot of feelings around? Well, well, I guess I guess yeah, the question is morphed from how do I pick people up to like how do I feel okay and not rejected in the world, which is probably impossible. But, but yeah, let's get to the real question. Yeah, God. Okay, well here here's the answer, and I do have an answer for you. Um, and this is from, you know, my old black wisdom. I'm going to say you need to install, you know how software, there's software patches or upgrades for software. You ever heard of bang bros? Uh, no. (laughs) It's like a porno site. Bang bros. (laughs) It is about dudes banging. Say that again. Bang bros. It's, It's so horrible. But you have to have a bang bros mentality when you go at this. But but you're a woman, so it's not going to come off as gross. <laughs> it's sort of like, you know, where you... This, this is a new thing that white girls are doing that I wish a lot of my sisters, black sisters would adopt is... It's millennials and it's women who are over 45 and 50 who are owning their own sexuality. The women over 50 are probably divorced and they've been through some shit and they're trying to get theirs. Millennial chicks do this whole owning their own sexuality because it's feminism. And, you know, if a boy can do it, I can do it. It's coming from two different angles. I want you to be in the middle of that. A little bit of millennial energy with the wisdom of an old broad. She needs to t- I mean, she needs to take advantage of her white female own the millennial way, white like, oh, thing. Own the millennial white thing and be like, I don't give a fuck. There's no consequences. Woo! Bang bros, yes! <laughs> Bang bros! <laughs> you know, every every Tinder, Bumble, they'll tell you white women get the most swipes. Who don't get the most, who don't get swipes is Asian men and black women. Huh. true. I've white, seen that stat. I've seen that yeah, stat. Yeah, white women That's get swipes. So you are, you are, you know... 
So you're telling a hot me commodity. <laughs> I just feel like I'm I'm worried about this because I'm like, okay, take advantage of my privilege. Use my privilege. <laughs> to what are you get worried some. about? <laughs> what are you worried about? What am I worried about? <laughs> I don't know. Aren't are you supposed to unlearn that to like be a good Wait person? A in the, I'm worried about being a good person here, Brian. Too. No, you, know? no, you can't. You can't have no white guilt sprinkles oh. on winning on some sex, nigga. You gotta fucking go get yours. <laughs> All right, so- software upgrade, which I'm really bad at doing, by the way. Like in a technological way too. I like always like leave them like, and I don't know if that's a metaphor or not, but like, <laughs> uh, Justine is gonna be sailing this summer on like a day charter boat and we live in a very touristy town so i'm imagining like maybe some some double d dilfs divorced dilfs yeah they'll they'll be on that ship and you know what fuck a 19 year old dude fuck a nigga 19 uh yep actually i'll share that i i had a tinder date did did some kissing kissing in a car so it worked out First date. Yep, yep, yep. So I, I I had my first this weekend uh little in- Tinder encounter. Um That's successful. One was, for one. Yeah, one for one, exactly. So I'm curious for you, what do you, what's your what's your prototype? Oh of like a of like a oh yes. Oh, that's a great question. And it's something I'm still learning myself, what I'll say. What activates you? What <laughs> activates you? I feel that right now, um, I'm looking for like some dumb stuff. Like just some like, some like what like some dumb sex nineteen year olds <laughs> sounds like it sounds like nineteen and you said that Justine told me that there are a lot of nineteen year olds on Tinder. Justine, listen to me. Every time you're in doubt, I want you to ask yourself this question: What the fuck would a bang bro do? Mm, guiding driving question. What would a bang bro do? Would a bang bro swipe on this hard body ass nineteen year old with these motherfucking abs and all them tight ass shorts? Yep. Yep. No, there's some there's some like navy dudes and stuff in Portland. That's the, there's some some of those guys on on Portland Tinder. And, and you know, it always starts with Tinder. a drink. That's mm-hmm. it. You know, it always starts with a drink. It's not like you're inviting someone over to your house immediately. I'll just I'll just repeat Brian's. What would a bane bro do, Molly? Yeah. Go go straight to inviting uh, someone over to their house, yeah, the corner. No, no, no. You don't do that. I'm gonna tell you what you do, Justine. And this is how you set the tone in one of your first exchanges on Tinder or whatever app. You say, "Hey, what's up?" If they say, "What's up?" first, whatever you you say within the first or second second message. Hey, let's meet for a chemistry drink and see where it goes. What a good line! I I'm what? A, let's meet for a chemistry drink, and yeah. see where it goes. That's a that's the best line ever. Yeah, it's not. It's like okay. Expectations been set with one. Expectations word. been set, and the chemistry is not even sex. It's like if you're not a fucking dickhead or smell or horrible. If we vibe it off, you know what the fuck chemistry is, nigga. If it's popping, it's gonna be popping. Okay. That's some solid advice. I feel like we, we we can great. I got it. That is some solid advice because I never knew what to say that's to the t- hey what's up. That's just a tangible that's a tangible piece of advice. Thanks, Brian. I'm taking it with me. Now the next couple of lessons I give you in the next couple of weeks are how to, you know, bang bro it out. How to get motherfuckers caught up. Cause you know you know what I you know what how you get people caught up? A crock pot. Some short ribs and a dessert. Make them dinner. 
Yep. <laughs> and this is and this is people who get to that uh, certain tier. You ain't getting everybody no fucking short ribs. If you're able to for you this summer is have one or two, maybe three, three for threes. Like, hey, I fucked a guy three times. It was amazing. Got to know him. It was cool. I don't really give a fuck. I got mines. I don't have any STDs. Winning. Yeah, that's. I do want to get out of this without any STDs. And I would. I yeah. Agree. Yeah. Really think about like a big, like a bang, bro. You need to do some pimp shit. Like, like make a motherfucker eat eat you out in the car and then go in the house. <laughs> and then you leave. know, like yes. pimp shit. Like, damn, man. I, I, and where a guys like, I can't believe I just ate that girl out and. That makes motherfuckers thirsty for, you know, to be on their game. Well, what what is the line? What would a bang bro do? I'm ready. Yeah. There yeah, you go. Yeah, let's get see. some bracelets. I'm going to try it. You're going to make it magical. All right. That is the episode for this week. This is Old Black Magic and the Millennial. I'm Brian Babylon, Old Black Magic. I'm Molly Adams, the youngest millennial of them all. And you guys can get in contact with us on Facebook. How, Molly? Oh, um, you can go to Facebook.com slash OBMATM. You can subscribe on iTunes. It would be amazing if you wrote a review on iTunes. Yes, please. Do that or follow us on Twitter. I'm at Brian Babylon and Molly, where are you on the tweets? I'm at Molly Elena. All right, guys, we'll see you next episode on Old Black Love Magic you. and the Millennial. Bye. Bye.